Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Mind. My name is Laura Bradburn and it is Friday. I am joined on this Friday by Jim Orr, who is in the mothership. How are you doing, Jim? In the oven that is the mothership, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, like sauna in here, yeah. Yeah, no, no cost of a living crisis at the Axel No, no, it's up, sure. up to number four on there, so there you go. <laughs> and we're joined as well by Alan Morrison of, um, of the Huddle Breakdown. How are you doing, Alan? Yeah, I'm good. I'm actually quite cold in comparison with the sounds of it. Because um, I'm in the house on my own. Come in here, son. Come in here. I'm, it's it's great. Great. I'm on my own. So, you know. It's great. It's I could great actually put a jumper on, to be fair. It is my own fault. It's 
You could you could look at some of the new hoodies that Celtic have released. Apparently, they're going to be quite popular. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. That's for the kids, Laura. That's for the kids. <laughs> it's, not, it's not such a good looking a man my age. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm a 34 year old sitting here in a Harry Potter hoodie. I don't know what I've got to talk about, <laughs> but uh, yeah. we'll crack on anyway. Um, Friday is a difficult one for us sometimes because we uh, are picking apart the bones of things that other people have picked apart. But we do have the pleasure of previewing uh, the upcoming game at the weekend which we'll do as well um, Jim, a couple of weeks since you've been on obviously um, we'll, we'll ask you first and foremost about the most recent match the, the, the match against Leipzig which which you were at obviously um, what was your takeaway from it? Obviously disappointing given that it really puts our chances of any sort of football after European football after Christmas uh, at very remote, but um, what was your overall opinion of the performance? I think the reaction to it in social media is a bit over the top. I mean, I thought we played really well. Didn't deserve to lose the game. <clears throat> they were a better team, slightly better team. Uh, really open game. Some really good performances. Uh, if if you're behind Ange, then you have to watch these kind of games because uh, that's when we're going to get better. I think. I mean, you could, you could you could play these games and try and pack the midfield and don't do anything daft and, and play for a point. Do you learn anything if you do that? I don't think you do. And I thought Matt O'Reilly, Carter Vickers, Jens were outstanding the other night. Uh, the forward let us down. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. A wee bit. You know, mm-hmm. I've said before, I don't think uh, Maeda and uh, Abada are wingers because I don't think they've got great close control I don't think the cross is particularly good I think Kyogo you need to give him the service so that was a disappointing but I thought defence were great I thought the midfield were, were okay I thought Hatati was okay and he gets slaughtered as well because he's such a brave wee player Hatati mm-hmm. he takes the ball and there's five guys around him and he tries to play the difficult pass whereas you know it's dead easy to play simple passes and that, I just think I like what Angie's doing I think most fans like what Angie's doing and we're going to get a few, you know, defeats playing the way we're playing. And that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, would you rather that than, as I said, packing the midfield and, and playing for points and what have you? I mean, I think the European record has been awful in the past number of years. And that's no Angie's fault. Mm. You know, you go on social media and people are saying, I'm fed up with us. <laughs> what do you want to do? You're fed up. What do you want to do? So I think playing the way we're playing, we will get better. Uh, and... Matt O'Reilly's performance the other night, the next game he'll be even better and even better. I was thinking that earlier about what's our best performance in the last 10 years? Barcelona. Right? Mm-hmm. 17% possession or something. I think we have, well, Alan would know that better than me. 
Uh, fair luck possession. We depend on our goalkeeper to make great saves. Uh, we play one guy up front. Uh, what did we do after that? Nothing. Nothing at all. We didn't learn anything from that game. It was a great victory, one of the greatest of all time. Da 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 da. But moving forward, a record in Europe is poor. I think you only learn by, by playing the way we're playing. And uh, I used to play golf. I don't play golf anymore. Many, many, many moons ago. And I only used the same two or three clubs. Because <laughs> I, I was comfortable with those two or three clubs. So if you want to drive, that's a three island. And I would never try and pitch the ball because that's too difficult. So I'd never get any better. I was always that standard. Whereas if I took lessons at the time and learned how to drive properly and pitch properly, I might have still be playing golf. Right? So... You need if, if you want to try something different, you have to stick at it. And the other thing I, I, I just was just appalled by the other night was that second goal goes in, and the number of people who left was just ridiculous. And I get it, people have to go because maybe they're working the next day and they have to catch a train or a bus or a, whatever it is. But just you know, people talk about the EPL being a bit of a, a tourist league. I think in the Champions League night, you get a lot of tourist fans there. Uh, and certainly, mm. when I look around me. There's lots of people I don't recognise who are really down on the team. That's the other mm. thing that annoys the hell out of me that, that, that it does no good. You know, it's counterproductive. Why would you slag players during a game? Don't get that at all. Because, I mean, Ange talks about, what did he say the other week about the interview he did in Australia? Say something like uh, Celtic to the fans as, a, as an extension of their family. Or words to that effect. Say something like that. Now I've been involved in kids' football. 20 years uh, a few years ago and what you say to the parents is that never criticise don't criticise the kids mm-hmm. encourage the kids they may be having an absolute stinker they may be missing sitters or a friend goals letting in daft goals or whatever but never ever criticise them encourage them because if you criticise them that will make them worse mm-hmm. basically and I've seen that in the Champions League nights when we're playing a better quality of opposition the level of criticism is ridiculous. And I think a lot of that's coming from the tourist fans. Wouldn't it be great to get a Champions League ticket? Just a shame that there's a lot of select fans out there who love to get a Champions League ticket. Mm. We're not coming from... You know, people are saying, oh, my uncle's coming over from Canada. It'd be great if we get a Champions League ticket. No. Those are people in Glasgow would like a Champions League ticket and never get a sniff of it. So I'd like to see a bit more encouragement. I mean, I've been the... The boys, the section of the boys have been moved to about 10 seats for me and the whole game they stand up and they cheer and they shout and I leave with my ears ringing but it's just solid encouragement solid encouragement the whole time there was a was it, was it the Maeda that was the one Maeda gets the ball and he's not a great winger and he just skies it into the night <laughs> and the amount of abuse that the guy got he knows he's made a mistake don't criticise him you know it's really difficult my oldest son managed to get a ticket for the Motherwell game and he was buying the dugout and he said mm-hmm. the abuse that Greg Taylor got was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, these, these are human beings. Help them. Encourage them. Get behind Ange. Leipzig are a good team. I'm sure Alan will explain why they're a good team but they're a really good team with, with, with top-class players worth a lot of money. We, we, we were second favourites to win the game the other night and it was a one-goal game, I felt. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that kind of, because it's Celtic thing, well, they're going to get it at some point but the longer the game went you think just one just take one chance and with loads of chances and didn't take them and that's been the story of the Champions League campaign but I'd much rather go out playing the way we're playing just now than trying to defend and, and you know trying to play for points here and there I, I think we've been unlucky with the timing of these games 
I think if we do get Leipzig in the first game, when we're all over the place, we may have taken points off them at that point in time. We didn't. He hold that say football, but I just thought we're dead unlucky the other night. I think the reaction has been over the top. Uh, I think we'll get there under the big man. Yeah, uh, I'll come back to you on the the Ange thing and the lessons he's maybe learned. But I'll get before we do that, I'll get Alan's thoughts on it. Alan, um, you know, very often when I talk to you on this show, um, what's observed is slightly different from what the stats show. Um, and that's understandable. I think what Jim says there is something that I certainly observed watching the game, that that we had plenty of clear-cut chances. Whether the quality of those chances was as good as maybe we think they were or whether our ability to finish them is an issue um, it remains to be seen. But wh- what did you think of the quality of the chances that we were making and how good do you think, uh, as Jim said, how good do you think... Leipzig are actually as a team uh, to, to mm-hmm. try and topple. Yeah, I mean, firstly, and I know this is going to make really boring television and radio, but I, I pretty much agree with everything that Jim said. I think he summarised it really, really well. Mm-hmm. All the all the points actually. Um, so you know, were the chances good chances? Well, uh, you know, so there's one of the one of the interesting things as we go we go through is that more and more. Um, sites and, and resources are available for people to go and look at quite detailed statistics about the game compared to when I started. Um, and you'll see different expected goals models now come into play. So you can look at um, FOTMOB, you can look at um, you know different different places now uh, online, Y Scout, and um, you know etc cetera, etc. Cetera, and on it goes. And they're all they all give you slightly different answers to that question. And I, I've got my own quite sort of antiquated expected goals model, which tends to actually work out to be an average of all the other so-called mm-hmm. sophisticated models. <laughs> so to so make of that what you will. And I, I, I had Celtic slightly slightly ahead. Uh, in terms of expected goals, there wasn't a lot in it. It was 1.86 to 1.63, which, and but if you look at all the other data in the game, this was a this was a very very even game overall. You know, a draw would have been a fair and just result in many respects. I think they, they did edge a few things. They got into our box a lot more often. Uh, 29 possessions in our box compared to we we managed only 18. Their 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 forward and direct passing. Was probably better. They they outscored us on, on what I call the pack passing, but other than that, in every other regard, you know the, uh, the, the, the it was an incredibly even game, and and you know at this level, uh, moments of fortune. So for example, you know you, their 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 opening goal, um, the ball gets passed in. Juranovic actually intercepts it, mm-hmm. and, and of course at that point the ball could pretty much go anywhere, but it falls perfectly onto Silva's chest where he's at the right body angle to sort of batter O'Reilly out the way and then it forces him to the byline and the only option he's got is the chip back, which was a brilliant chip back and Werner's header was a brilliant header. But little things like that, you know, could could go a, a different way. And, and then similarly, you know, a few minutes later, where Celtic actually really did have a go at them after that equalise, after that initial goal, you know, Giacomacchus uh, gets on the end of Forrest's incredible cross and you know he's he's being pulled back, and 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 there's no VAR review, which which I, just, I found surprising really. Mm. And again, so these, so I'm not saying this was an overall a hard luck story. And also the other point that I would make is that Celtic could have played even better last night on that night, and actually dominated the game and still lost two 0 because that's 
the quality of the opposition that we're up against. And people are going to have to understand that. This is very different. And, to, and that really speaks to, to Jim's point about fan reaction. That's just so out of kilter with the reality of the environment that Celtic are now operating in, in terms of the uh, the opposition. Also, I'll come back to Leipzig, that question, just to finish off your question about, you know, chance quality. Mm-hmm. And again, these, these things are never quite as clear cut and different XG models will, will come up with different answers. But for example, you know, the, the first chance in the first minute that Maeda had, well, it's, it's a header, which is always the most difficult and it's behind him. And he's having to crouch to make it. So, you know, so although it's only four or five yards out from goal, I think that's a, quite a difficult chance. You've got Kyogo's header where, where Aksabanovic picks him out with a lovely cross. But again, it's a header from like 12 yards out. Now, how many goals do you see scored from headers from 12 yards? There's not many, right? So mm-hmm. so although although it was disappointing he didn't get it on target, it would have been quite, um, it would have been still quite a low XG overall because it's a header and because of the distance uh, that he was from the goal. The Giacomacchus chance was obviously a good one and I've just said there's kind of mitigation there in terms of you know he was being kind of hampered but then you look at their two goals and you look at how Werner finished that one and you look at how expertly Forsberg uh, scored the second was absolutely clinical and and, and, that, and, and you know that and that is the difference and it would be glib to say it's the only difference Um but you know, there is it is a difference, and I think there's a, there was a confidence about their finishing, which we don't have yet. We've not earned the right as a team, and our strikers haven't got that confidence yet to think if I get the ball in the middle of the goal, I'm going to score here uh, because this is all all quite quite new to them. So, I, I, listen, I I've, I I've actually finished watching it back this morning, and I was I was I was actually encouraged at the time, and then very mm-hmm. deflated at the end, as I'm sure we all were. But actually, my overriding um, my overriding feeling is what I always look for is, is performance. So the only tiny little thing that I nearly disagreed with Jim about was when he said our best performance was when we beat Barcelona. The only slight correction I made, like, it, it was the best result. Yes, it wasn't, the, be- okay. wasn't the best performance. Sorry, and yeah. so, performance, so to me, the because por- I mean, it just goes to prove that it was the exception that proves the rule, right? I mean, it, you know, this is what can happen in football. You can play teams like that and you can, you can spoz a a one goal win, uh, but you don't learn anything. Jim's absolutely spot on with that comment. But um, I agree. I agree. In terms of that was the best result, and and that's all fans tend to see. Yeah, is that when yeah. you look back, what was the highlight of the last ten years? Barcelona, as you say, Alan. It wasn't. It was. It was a great defensive performance, and we were a bit lucky with Big Foster, etc., etc. Yeah. But that's what fans look at, and I just think what's happened over the last year is 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 has raised the expectations to up here somewhere whereas last year it was down there so mm. we go into this Champions League campaign thinking we could get second place we could qualify for that that was a lot of people's expectations and is responsible for raising those expectations but we don't have Champions League players and what yeah. the big chap's trying to do is make them into Champions League we obviously can't buy Champions League players he has to make them into Champions League players and a Matt O'Reilly could easily be a Champions League player as uh, could Rio Hitati need more games need to be playing those kind of games on the front foot looking forward that will help their development and that will help the team's development but I just think Andy's raised the expectations and, and that was the thing that annoyed me the most about uh, the game on Tuesday night was the reaction of a lot of fans and it wasn't just one or two and that's when you when you look around you think don't recognise him don't recognise her and they're criticising the whole game you know it's just it's really off-putting and what are their expectations you know you're, you're putting against you know Guys are worth sixty million pound. You know, yeah. just, just that's just, and I think the fans have to. I mean, it's not a, 
I was going to say it's a reality check. It's a reality check in terms of this is where we are. It's not a bad thing. It's just kind of where we are. And just and just get behind the team. And I've been in here for a few years. We've been talking about Seville and talking about the Celtic fans were kind of voted the best fans, etc. Et it's easy to be a fan when your team's doing well. You know, I've got the utmost admiration for the, for fans that go and watch Motherwells and Partick Thistles and, and Cowden Beast because they don't win games. But they get behind their team. And you have to get behind the team. If that was a league game the other night, with five minutes to go and we're two goals down, they wouldn't have left. Or the people there wouldn't have left because we, we, we can get two goals back in the last five minutes. Mm. And it's just a resignation of so many people. And I, as I said, I don't have, don't have the evidence. can't say how I want to have the evidence of this, but I think a lot of them are just, you know, they came along for the Champions League game. Mm. That was that, you know, so... So, so I, th- I, th- I think, you know, absolutely spot on again. And, you know, again, I, I look at performance, right? That's first and foremost. The result is can, can be down to the lucky or, or the luck or the bad luck, as, as, as I said. But what what, imp- what really you know, impressed me the most was just the improvement from the game the week before in terms of our um, mainly off the ball, okay? So, you know, we are creating roughly... We're getting between 1.5 to XG every game now, which against that level of opposition is pretty good. And I, I will confidently predict if we keep making those chances, we will start taking them at some point. That's just how football how f- football works. But mm. at the other, it's, it's at the other end that I think that we need to concentrate actually, because we're continuing to give up a lot of chances as well. But what was vastly improved from last week to this was the the, the team organisation. So in in Leipzig, the spacing was just all over the place. There was a huge gap between the forwards and the midfield and a huge gap between the forwards, uh, the midfield and the defence. I think they got spooked in the first couple of minutes when they saw the pace of Nkunku and they played a couple of balls in behind and then they dropped too deep after that. They should have been brave and and, and played a high line, which is how we play. So the spacing was all over the place. Um, Leipzig played through us at will. And we we lost a lot of chances. And 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 if if that hadn't been Leipzig, if that had been Man City, then you'd have been last week. You could have been looking at the sort of seven one that was administered the other night in Glasgow. That's how bad mm. it could have been. Um, so this week was much improved. So when when we did we we we, pre- we pressed a little bit more um, selectively, and we pressed a little bit more uh, to, to cohesively, which we again we didn't do in Leipzig. And then the second thing was once we once we established that they've got possession, we fell back into a, a nice shape, a nice comfortable four four two shape, with very few gaps between the lines. And actually, when Leipzig um, were, were confronted with that, they didn't really have any answer to it because mm-hmm. they're a team that wants to play you on the break, and that's why they're such a dangerous team for Celtic to play. It's a bit like boxing, where they say you know styles make fights, not so forth. It's it's a similar thing. Leipzig love to play a team like Celtic who play similar type of football but le- play a high line and are open to counter. Um, and and, and you, we saw that in Leipzig, especially they were devastating on the counter. Um, so 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 they were always going to be to me the t- almost the toughest opponents in a sense, and they're very good at it. And that's the thing to, to remember here to pick up on Jim's point. You know how are our players going to learn if they don't play and they don't make mistakes and they don't get exposed? That's the only way you can, and that's what you know. Andrew said. He said, "You know, I can't accelerate people going through playing ninety minutes or sixty minutes and being exposed to Nkunku, having Haidara 
you know, absolutely batter you in midfield like happened to Hitati all through the second half before he was taken off. Mm. If you don't, if you don't learn, you know, it's the only way you're going to learn, unfortunately. And and it is painful. It, learning is painful. It always is. So I think we have to stick with them because so long as we see continual and it might be incremental and it might be gradual but as long as we see improvement that's all we can ask of, of any human being in any job that they do can you keep improve can you learn from your mistakes and can you keep improving and last night the other night i thought we improved uh, massively but there's still a huge gap they're they're an exceptional team their their business model is to pick up some of the best young athletic players in europe you know the likes of haidara shovetschlai you know these are these are players who they picked up as teenagers for 20, 30 million euros. Celtic aren't in that market and can and will not be in that market as long as we're landlocked in, in, in a low a low um you know a low money league as it were. So that's 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 the challenge is to overcome these kinds of players and make the Matt O'Reilly's and the Hatatis and the, the Bernabe's believe that they can play at that level. I think also just to follow Alan's point there is about the physicality and the athleticism of the players. Yeah, absolutely. We don't have the players to play the way Ange wants to play. That's not a criticism, it's just where we are. You can't just magic these guys up. And I mean, Ange made the point about a lot of the players couldn't say I'm not tall enough to get a ride in Disneyland. You know, so the thing I noticed about the the first goal in Leipzig, in in Leipzig, uh, the big guy just, just, just brushed Juranovic off the ball. You know, bang, he was a way goal. So a much more physically robust right back might have had a bit more joy there I always get back to the I thought when we played Bodo whenever that was back in back in February I thought their three centre backs were exceptional big strong physical athletes and I'm thinking I think that's the way Andrew wants to play he wants to play with those kind of guys whereas what we've got and again it's, it's, it's not meant as a criticism is that Carter Vickers is a, is a different type of centre half Starfield's a different type they look kind of awkward when they do certain things Whereas when you when I saw the Bodo guys, you're thinking those guys would fit in ideally into an Ange team. So I think we do need a bit of physicality, which maybe isn't there. A bit more because all these guys when you play them, they always look like big athletes, mm. good on the ball, technically very good, and we look like a bunch of wee guys who are, you know, doing their best. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, therefore, they're four forward players who are all very fast, all technically excellent. And they're all about six foot, <laughs> and, they're, and they're all strong. Um, yeah. You know, if if if, if Rio Hatati was six, it was the same dimensions as Shobatslai. You know, if he was six foot and and quite strong, uh, yeah, Hatati wouldn't be at Celtic because yeah. you know, because because of because of you know, the way that he is the aggression that he puts into his passing, the the quick change of direction. He wouldn't be at Celtic. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So, you know, we have to try and make these players into Champions League players. But you're absolutely spot on. We we do have a physicality and athleticism deficit. But it's not just that. It has to be um, allied to high-end technical skills, which is what even at a club like Leipzig they're, they're able to do. And that's the project. Yeah. Um, Emil Forsberg, who was another incredible Leipzig player, said that he thinks, uh, he says, I think Celtic are a really good team. They have some t- fantastic players in midfield and at the back. I think they play some really good one-two combinations. That impressed me a lot. Also, the way they did that in the last third, but against us, they didn't have the ability to score. Like I said, they need the finishing touch a little bit more, and I'm sure it will come. So, it's it's pretty obvious, even to opposition, that that, that you know while we're creating chances, we're not entirely um, clinical in finishing, and and hopefully that will come. Just wanted to bring up a comment here from Ibrooks fifty five and count. I think you need to recount, but anyway, uh, Marco Rose Celtic is a fun place to visit. 
God knows what Jurgen Klopp thinks of Ibrooks in that case, because I'm sure he pretty much enjoyed himself as well. I think I think up to the game starts in a Champions League night, uh, fantastic atmosphere. When we get to the bit when they're all flagging the big circle Champions League logo and the noise, it's, it's deafening. It's absolutely brilliant. And then the game starts, <laughs> and then people start criticising from 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 minute one, and that's when it starts to go down a bit, and that gives the the opposition encouragement. So. I, my big takeaway from another night was just to be a bit more patient with the team, a bit more encouragement, because I think we'll get there. Yeah, Jim, yeah. one thing I wanted to ask you about, actually, was one of the things you mentioned about Hatati, how he tries to find passes that nobody else finds, and it's something I've said before as well that I really like about him, is he's a risk-taker. Sometimes that pays off, sometimes, as it did the other night, it doesn't pay off. Um, but you also mentioned Ange and taking those risks in order to learn lessons. What lessons do you think he has learned from these four games in the Champions League with, with two remaining? I don't think he's learned anything he didn't know beforehand. I don't think Ange went in there thinking we're gonna we're gonna blow these teams away. Uh, and each of the games have they've been they've been well in it up to about an hour. Or so and the point Alan made earlier, fine margins. I mean we put the ball in it first, it's a different dynamic to the game. Then all the other players think, well, we've, we've scored, we've got some belief, we've got something to hang on to, and the opposite for the opposition. Hold on, we're in the game here, we've, we've, we've just lost a goal. We need up a game here. They'll then maybe come out a bit more, they'll leave spaces. We've got fast players in the break, the Yotas, the Kyogos, Maedas, you know. So these games are just such fine, fine margins, and that's why you need to stick with the team. Uh, I don't think Andy's learned anything he didn't know. I think he knew that we were a pot 14 going into this. And depending on the luck, a wee bit of luck at the timing of the games, as I said earlier. I mean, nobody expected Shakhtar to win 4 1 in Leipzig. Mm. You know. Or, or so, draw with Madrid. <laughs> or draw with Madrid. But I think if, if, if Leipzig had taken care of Shakhtar, then we'd have said Rio and, and uh, Leipzig are going to go through, and it's a straight fight for that, for that third place. Uh, that kind of blew everything away at the very start. Hold on, because and then Leipzig get a new manager, they get that bounce. And as Alan said, these are all high high quality players. And then they've got a new manager, and then all of a sudden we get them at a time when you really don't want to get them. Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers didn't play in that first game, and Alan talked about we're a lot better on Tuesday night. Maybe he was one of the reasons it were better. That's fair. Callum McGregor gets injured halfway through the first half over there with loads of good chances last week over there, didn't take them. A wee bit of luck here and there, it might have been different. But I think Ange knows that. He doesn't have the finished article in terms of the players that he's got. His job is to either to try and get these kind of rough diamonds and make them. So somebody like Matt O'Reilly, you know, he must have been very enthused, enthused by his performance the other night that he shows he can compete. Hatati against Madrid, he can compete. So if he can compete at that level, we need another one or two players in there as well uh, to get back to the physicality, athleticism thing. He knows he needs maybe more than that kind of type of player. They're not there. You can't magic these these things up. I think we're disappointed that we're not going to go any further in the Champions League because he'd have loved to have done that. Mm. But I think he's quite a realist and knows that, well, we are where we are with this. And But for a wee bit of luck, I think we'd have certainly got into, the, the, into that third place. But hey-ho, we are where we are. We are where we are indeed. Um, Alan, I think to try and end on a positive note as far as the, the conversation about Tuesday night is concerned, I wanted to ask you, um, Jim's mentioned uh, some players that he's admired throughout the Champions League run. Um, who, who's 
Who's impressed you both maybe against Leipzig but in the four games regardless of the results what what Celtic players have stood out to you one just to start the ball rolling one that I felt certainly from the eye test anyway that I thought had a a fantastic game maybe his best game so far in a Celtic shirt was Haksabanovic I I thought he really uh, grew into the role that he's been given uh, since McGregor's been injured and there's been a space made for him in the team but is there anybody else that you think uh, perhaps has has you know, up their market value through their performances in Europe. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I've been I've been very much focusing on how the team are performing as a cohesive unit more than individuals. Mm-hmm. That's been my focus, and I'll come back to that because I will try not avoid answering your question. <laughs> um, be, be fair for everybody watching. Alan does a lot of research, but doesn't know what I'm going to ask him. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so listen. I think. Um, Haksabanovic, uh listen, I have this little rule. It's not me that has it. I kind of found a rule then and found that everyone else seems to have found it at the same time or, or, or before, which is that if you're going to evaluate a player using data, about 900 minutes of data is probably the minimum that you need. So mm-hmm. it's about 10, 10 games worth of data, right? And obviously we don't have that from Haksabanovic. But I did a piece uh, to, uh, on, on him and, and Bernabe and Abogor as well. Um Haksabanovic is so far. I, I, I don't want to get everyone too excited, but I'm a little bit excited by him. I have to say, <laughs> uh, so take take that for what it's worth. He's he looks like a really uh, what I love is the fact he's incredibly creative, but he also unlike Hatati who turns the ball over a lot, um, Haksabanovic doesn't. So he's quite he's quite careful on the ball like a James Forrest might be, but he's also incredibly creative, um, and he's also I just love the look of him. He's, he's got these old-fashioned kind of bow legs, and he's quite strong, but he's quite small. Low centre of gravity, great balance, a bit of pace about him, a bit of devil about him. I just think he's, he's he's got something, and I'm really excited to see him. I'm impressed with the fact that I think he's pretty much always been a winger, and he's actually come in and played as a number 10 and, and mm-hmm. really made a difference. He's got on the ball, and he's tried to make things happen. You know, he, he set up three of our chances the other night. Um, in the time that he was on. I think he's incredibly exciting and I hope he gets an extended run in the team. He's certainly one that's impressed. Matt, or as, as um, Jim uh, signposted at the beginning in, in, in his excellent summary, Matt O'Reilly was exceptional on on, Wednesday, uh, on Tuesday. Sorry, um, I'll just give you, give you a couple of stats just to back mm. that up. And they're all actually all, all defensive, right? He, he, he was successful with 13 challenges, interceptions, right? That's four more than any other Celtic player, right? He he recovered the ball. He actually recovered the ball, so turn, forced a turnover or was turned over the opposition five times, which is two more than any other player. He won the ball back in his own defensive third five times, which is two more than any other player. You know, he, he also had the highest pass-packing score, um, as well, Andy actually had the highest overall expected scoring contribution, which meaning means if you looked at expected goals and expected assists, he had the highest total. So that that is just a brilliant all round performance. Can I just ask, Alan, what is a yeah. pass backing score? Yeah, sure. So uh, a pack pass is a forward pass, mm-hmm. and it and it takes an opponent out the game, which means you know I pass to Jim, you're in front of me. I pass to Jim, you're now behind the ball. Mm-hmm. So in terms of in terms of defending your goal, you're out the game. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a pack pass. So I, I so depending on who you've packed, so if if if, if you're if you were a if you were a striker, I'd, I'd I'd give myself one point. If you were a midfielder, I'd give if you were a midfielder, I'd give myself two. Mm-hmm. And if you were a defender, and I got it through to Jim, I'd give myself three because clearly, if you take a defender out the game with a forward pass, 
mm-hmm. you're probably you're probably in quite a good situation. Yeah. So that's kind of how it works, right? So people like Hatati and O'Reilly trying very aggressive vertical forward passing, um, you know, generally will generate quite high packing scores, but it also recognises the other side of the equation, which is that somebody's got to make, Jim's got to move into space and be in a good position for me to pass to him. So it recognises both of those actions, right? So that's why it's such a powerful stat. Mm-hmm. So O'Reilly was exceptional. I think, you know, Carter Vickers, like you said, made it made a great difference being back as well. But I, 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 as I say, I was more focusing on the individual team performances. And I do think that where we have been consistent, and this is pretty consistent with how all the all the teams that Andrew manages is he manages to make them um, consistently attackingly potent. So our expected goals, the number of chances we're creating, is 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 very high for the caliber of the opposition that we're playing. We're just not taking the chances. But as I say, over time, if we keep creating those chances, we will we will eventually start to take some of these. Now, I don't want to end on a downer, but I would say that the the, the not not the intractable issue. But the very difficult to solve issue that he has, in my view, uh, is that... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, when we play domestically, We've got about seventy percent possession, anywhere anywhere between sixty-five and seventy percent of the ball. We're not we're not without the ball for much of the game. What that means is that we can press very aggressively, uh, and we're not pressing for too long. And we're probably pressing against teams. And again, no intended disrespect, but if you're pressing Motherwell centre back, he doesn't quite have the technical ability of a Guardiola or a or a you know a, you know a Rudiger or whatever for Real Madrid. So. We can turn. We force turnovers quite quickly. In the Champions League, we're getting forty percent of the ball. So right. So think think of think of it in terms of you've only got so much pressing energy in the tank, right? And when it's when that energy's gone, it's gone. You've only got so many sprints in you. You've only got so many recovery runs that you make. So when the press is beaten, and good teams will beat the press, and when the press is beaten, you have to get back. That's a recovery run. That's a sprint like hell to get back and get goal side right. You've only got so many of those in you during the game. And the, and, the, and the slightly impractical problem that we have is domestically, that way of playing works really well. And, and, and in fact, we're incredibly consistent in, in how, we, how we implement it. Yeah, you probably, Europe, only have to make, you probably only have to make those runs a yeah, few very times. periodically. Yeah. In Europe, when you've only got 40% of the ball, you're making them more often. It's a simple, I can't make it any simpler than that, right? So um, this, is the, this, is the circle, this is the circle that needs squared, is how do we play with the same pressing intensity um, uh, when we've only got 40% of the ball. That's the question he has to find an answer to. And the answer can only be we, we're more selective. Our pressing is of a higher quality. There's more cohesion. And that only comes through understanding, communication, playing together for longer, and being a right good team that understands if I go, 
Hugo and, and Jim goes and we all go together, watch the trigger, we all react. And if, if, if it looks like the press isn't on, we quickly drop back into our shape and that we're really efficient about that and we're very consistent about it. Because if you're not, you get nights like the other week when it was 3-1 going on 5-1. That's what will happen. So this is the thing. This is the one thing, the one area that I think we need to, we need to kind of resolve. Yeah. Um, Jim, Alan touched on it there with some good defensive stats from uh, from Matt O'Reilly. Um, that's maybe reflective of the increased role he's had to take in that way since since McGregor got injured. Are you encouraged to see the defend uh, the midfielder, sorry, taking more of that role on, or do you think it restricts what they're able to do going forward? Where's the where's the balance between that? Well, only Alan, I do no research at all, so uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's a good opportunity. I mean, obviously, it's, it's a shame that Carl McGregor's out, but it's such an opportunity for Matt O'Reilly. Maybe, maybe that's his best position. Who mm. knows? Sometimes in in adversity, you actually find some things you wouldn't maybe have found before. So uh, I like O'Reilly, I like Hitati, and when Callum plays, that's, that's a pretty solid midfield sitting in there. I think my concern is further forward. Uh, I, I share Alan's view of Haksabanovic. I think he's a great player. I think he, he's really well built. I think he's good on the ball, and he, and, 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 he, and, he, and he puts a good cross in. And that's not like Abada in Maida. Abada Maida have got other qualities, absolutely, but Haksabanovic for me in the one wing, Yota and the other, and then at this point in time, Yakimak is down the centre. Of the players we have at the club, that's my front three because the big man in the centre will feed off good balls from the wing. And I think Haksabanovic and Yota have also got the skills to cut inside and do something inside. That's been the big disappointment with the Champions League, the forwards, basically. And obviously the fact they're not scoring goals, but they've never looked convincing. And I've said that before that. It's one thing when you've you know you scored a couple of goals against Dundee United and you're through for your hat trick and you calmly slot it away. It's another thing when you're playing Real Madrid in the first twenty minutes and there's millions of people watching on TV and you kind of freeze mm. a wee bit, you know. So we need a bit more composure. Uh, I bad the last uh, Saturday we played St Johnson last last Saturday mm-hmm. could have scored a hat trick. Unlike him, could have scored a hat trick. So I think uh, what was the question? Well, yeah, I, th- I think. Uh, I think he's a great player. I think he's somebody who will become a Champions League player and will become a Champions League by, by playing more games like he played the other night. Uh, I think the midfield were kind of okay. Mm-hmm. I think defence were kind of okay. It's, it's, it's the forwards that need, needs a bit of attention. And if they'd be just a wee bit better in this campaign, who knows? Who knows indeed. Um, Alan, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, situation to be stuck in that kind of... Uh, that kind of situation where essentially the European uh, journey is over, but we still have two games to play, one of which comes at the Bernabeu. Um, we'll obviously talk more in detail about them closer to the games themselves, but what are you hoping to see at the European level, at least um, in these last two games, given that they are, while not completely dead rubbers, are are, are going to do very little to impact what our, our remaining time in the tournament is? Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's still upside to it in terms of, you know, uh, exposure and, ex- and in terms of coefficient and in terms of money. I mean, all these other things, right? So it's important that Celtic, you know, are on the front foot with these. And I'm sure, I've got no doubt, the manager will have them up, up for those games. I'll be looking for, you know, signs of improvement of the things that, that I've just spoken about, really, which is, you know, improved defensive cohesion, improved pressing decision-making, improved defensive shape, 
Um, but uh, you know, I've got no doubt if we keep taking our chances, keep you know, keep creating those chances, we will take them. I understand where Jim's coming from. You know, Abada and Maida are quite clearly not in good form at the moment, and um, you know that that does not, that's not helping in terms of you know either Kyogo or or in terms of you know the chances of finishing. The, the chances that we are creating. So, um, that, to me, that's just a case of getting the right people who are, who are playing well. You know, injuries are starting to take take a toll now. I think I agree with Jim. I think you know, on form, Haksabanovic and Jota would be a good a good sort of foil for for Kyogo. I think Kyogo's movement is just so much better and his touch than Jakimakis. And in these big games against quality opposition, I'd still tend to go that way. I love the big guy. He comes on and makes a difference for sure. Um, so yeah, th- these are the things though um, that I'd be looking for. It's, it's more for me. It's more about um, our performance off the ball that I, that I'll be sort of focusing on, I guess, uh, because I'm happy that we're creating chances, but we're still giving up a lot of chances at the other end. And one of the re- and there's a lot of them are happening late in the game as we tire, because as I say, we can't keep up the way that we're playing um, when we've only got forty percent of the ball, and therefore after about sixty-five minutes, we become a very tired team. And that, as I say, these are the things that I think could be difficult to fix, but that's what I'll be looking at. Speaking of uh, tiredness and, and how it might affect us going forward, it could affect us domestically as well as in Europe. Domestically, we have um, Hibs coming up this weekend. Um, Jim, I'll come to you first on that. Hibs are a team who are, you know, about as on form as any team in the league. They've won four of their last five, their only defeat coming. Uh, out of those five games uh, in their last match against Dundee United. Um, I guess with the number of games that we're playing at the moment, we're we're starting to see some injuries. We're starting to see a a need to rely on more and more members of the squad. Um, Do you anticipate any problems resulting from that um, against Hibs at the weekend, given that they are, you know, one of the stronger teams in the league this season? Last time I was one couple of weeks ago, I said there was... Well, the Motherwell game may be quite an indication as to where we are because was the St Mirren game a one-off? Was it a bit of a blip? Uh, and I think it spooked us. I think it spooked the team, spooked the fans in terms of before the end we were kind of all conquering. It's a matter of how many goals, etc. And then last time I was on, I said, well, if we get to score four or five against Motherwell, then it's back to normal service and we can escape it. Although we should have won the game far more convincingly. I mean, if that... Juranovic free kick goes in, we go in and win 4 or 5 0. And I think the manner of the goal we lost spooked the team and spooked the fans as well because it was such a, a bizarre goal to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether it was Hart's fault or Juranovic, if, if you're going to pass the ball back to the goalkeeper, you don't pass it within the goal, you pass it to the side. I mean, the, mm. another, just when I thought of that, the, the Joe Hart one in Leipzig, you know, if you're going to make those passes, you don't make them down the centre, you make them down the wing. So, Mm-hmm. A couple of basic mistakes, and I thought that goal spooked us a bit. So St Mirren spooked us by dropping points, and I thought the goal we lost kind of spooked us a wee bit as well. So we end up scraping a win, and we scraped a win last week as well. You know, uh, so in terms of uh, results, we're kind of scraping by. Hibs are a better team, I think. Uh, I thought they were quite inconsistent. They realised they were third in the league. That was a bit of research there, uh, mm. <laughs> and uh, so obviously they're not as inconsistent as I thought. Martin Boyle. Obviously, a kind of dangerous kind of I think it'll maybe be a tough game tomorrow. Uh, but I think all we've got to do is just keep winning until we get to the break. Uh, we look as if we're a tired team for some reason. Maybe it's time to give other 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 guys a game. McCarthy's wee cameo at St. Johnson last week I thought was quite encouraging. Whether he's a guy to play, I'm not really sure. Uh, 
we'll make lots of chances. We take the chances. We win the game. No bother. Uh, we don't. Then maybe a bit of a kind of another kind of nervy game tomorrow. But I'd, I'd like to think we'd we'd end up winning by you know, two, three, one, something like that. That'd be interesting to to see. Um, Alan, this uh, you're gonna you're gonna kill me here because I'm gonna spring something on you that you you will not have had a chance to research. But just while I was looking up the the Hibs results. They've actually had a man sent off in three of the last... Not not a man sent off themselves. Their opposition have had a man sent off in three of the last five games that of that winning streak that they've had. I guess... Uh, I guess what I want to ask is, do you think there's reason to be optimistic that they're not quite as strong as their record suggests if they are going up against teams with 10 men? How significant will that have been in contributing to their victories, do you think? Uh, no, definitely has has an impact because despite what the cliche about it's sometimes harder to play against ten men. Statistically, it really isn't. <laughs> so, you, know, it's, you do tend to score more goals against ten a ten players. So that, that's an interesting one, I, and I don't know how many minutes they've been playing against ten players. So like, mm-hmm. was the set, was the sending off on the second minute, or was it the eighty eighth minute? You know what I mean? Or that, that, that's going to have a huge difference. And you know, I'll just throw that back back at you to research. Yes. Um, yeah. So, but listen, I I, I think. Um, this is an incredibly dangerous game, right? Um, Hibs, I actually think their rec- their underlying data is far better than the results they've been having. You know, they won they won four in a row, then they lost in midweek there against Dundee United. He did a he did a number on them, in the mm-hmm. sense that um, you know Dundee United only had like thirty six percent possession. They had one shot on target from which they scored. Their xG was not point five six, whereas you know, uh, Hibs had 18 shots at goal, seven on target, XG of 1.31. So, it, you know, it, it was a pretty, a pretty kind of uh, freaky result in many in many ways. But if you look at their underlying data, um, Hibs have actually got the third best expected goal difference in the league. Expected goal difference is expected goals for minus expected goals against. And after the after the the, the top two. Hibs have got the best expected goal difference in the league, and actually their expected goals against is is, is only 0.77, which is well the Rangers are 0.64. So that gives you some indication that uh, defensively they're they're much stronger this year. They 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 they, they force um, the opposition goalkeeper into four saves per game, which are, mm-hmm. which is actually second behind us. We're 4.2, and and interestingly, in terms of goal, uh, saves that their goalkeeper is having to make. Their keeper's only making 1.5 saves a game. That's the lowest in the league. That is the best in the league, right? Mm. So they're doing something right <laughs> at both ends of the field. Um, so I think this is a very, very dangerous uh, game for a, a team like us. Now, the, the, what gives me a little bit of hope is that, as I say, they played midweek, and uh, Johnson played the same starting eleven in three games in a row, which is quite unusual. And generally speaking... Um, you know, a because Celtic have a bigger squad, and B because of the number of games that we play in all competitions. Other teams in the in the Scottish League are not used to playing three games in a week, right? Mm. So we, we will will normally have a bit of an advantage. But having said that, you know, we struggled against St. Johnson, and they'd played they'd played midweek the week before as well. So I just think with the injuries, with the fatigue, uh, with the quality of the opposition, I just think it's going to be a really tough game again. And I think that's going to be the way it is between now. And the World Cup break, where we could kind of all take a breath and hopefully get injuries back, and then we, you know, I think 
my reading of it is that Ange is already prepared for the January transfer window, when we would hopefully we strengthen again. So I think we're going to have to just live with the fact that, that it's, going to, it's going to be spotty and scrappy and nasty for the next few games. Yeah, I can, I can see that being the case. Uh, I'm just recovering and remembering I need to keep on my toes when I'm posing a question to Alice, Alan Morrison. He's the only person that can tell you your question wasn't researched well enough, never mind the answer. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll make sure... How, how annoying that. is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jim, bearing in mind what, what we've said there about potential tiredness, about the, 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 the number of games coming up, I take it you're expecting to see changes in the in the lineup um, at the weekend, but what kind of changes do you expect to see? Who's who's going to keep a place for you, and who's going to maybe be rested or rotated? I just like that spotty, scrappy, and nasty. That's my big takeaway <laughs> today. That's I'm going to use that again. Uh, Reminds me of me as a teenager, but yeah. <laughs> 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 we play the best team again. Whoever's fit, if everyone's fit and ready to go, as I said before, if, I don't know what situation is. is uh, Yota still out? Is he still? We don't know. Uh, I don't know what the. Yeah, fifty-fifty. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully he plays, and as I said, I'd play Haxabanovic on the other side. I'd, I'd, I'd play Yakimakis. I think the big guy deserves a game. There's a start. Uh, O'Reilly Hatati picked himself plus one other. Uh, uh, Abelgard possibly maybe give his home debut uh, I think the back four kind of picks itself Juranovic, Taylor, uh, Carter Vickers and, and Jens and, and Joe Hart so I think the team's pretty straightforward I would imagine uh, if Yota's not fit you go Forrest right and Haxabanovic and the, the left I think Forrest will be quite good in the games he's come on uh, mm-hmm. given his experience uh, he knows how to beat a man he knows how to beat a if we're going to play Yakimakis in the centre, we need two people wide who can put a good ball into the centre to give a big guy a chance. Uh, I'd leave a bad out, I'd leave my aid out. I think they could do a wee break. Uh, so that's that's who I'd go with tomorrow. Yeah, yeah it's a. Abelgard, uh, Alan, is, is somebody that you, you wrote about. Um, I was uh, rather scathing of him in my comments in the group chat uh, a couple of weeks ago after a performance I didn't think was particularly up to scratch, but you were quite rightly pointed out that he has has been struggling to find a place to train and get up to match fitness, and perhaps there's more to see from him uh, in the coming weeks. Um, Do you agree with Jim that he's potentially going to see an awful lot of football in these next few weeks? And if so, what are you expecting to see from him? You know, I I mean, I hope so. He's he's highly regarded. You know, we've we've absolutely done, and if we are... And the the deal with Ruben Kazan is shrouded in secrecy. I'm sure it's all above board and all that, but it's just a bit of a mystery as to whether is he on loan, have we got a deal in place to sign him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, if we do get him from from the the Russian club, it's an absolute steal. Uh, he's, he's a very highly regarded player. Um, you know, he's not a youngster; he's 26, but he gives us something we just don't have. He gives us a level of athleticism in the middle of the midfield there and, and, a, and, a, and a level of defensive security, which 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 I know McCarthy is very defensively secure, but he's not very mobile. Mm. Um, you know, he has a lot of injuries that have over the years that have kind of caught up with him and he's he's not that dynamic eight that he was when he was a kid. Um, Abelgore is, you know, when, when we played Leipzig and he was like winning headers before it got to the back four, I was like... You know, <laughs> 
it's like your Harry Potter thing. You know, what what what, what spell is this? <laughs> when when were we ever allowed to win hitters before it reached mm-hmm. it reached our, our our five foot nine centre backs or whatever? So so, but Joel joking aside, you know, he was rusty in that game clearly. You know, and just to recap, people that maybe not know, he played for the Russian club in May, and then he didn't play again until he came on. I think against, or he might have had two minutes in the game before against Leipzig, pretty much. Um, and 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 he also over the over the kind of our, our, our summer at least, he, he was having to find uh, teams to train with. So he's not he's not had a club to train with on a regular basis. So he's a little bit going to be a little bit behind. But um, no, I'm very excited to see him. He he, he he already the number of challenges that he won in the, in, in in the defensive third, the number of headers that he won, um, really encouraging. Not seen a lot of him in terms of ball progression because obviously that's again another reason why McCarthy's not a good fit because it's one thing you know winning tackles and O'Reilly was brilliant at that on on Tuesday night but you've also then got to progress the ball quickly which is you know Callum McGregor's great great strength is the speed at which he get, he then progresses the ball and that's that's what Celtic need to play that way so we haven't seen that really from him yet because I don't you know he's played away in Leipzig where he was. Facing a swarm of opposition players running towards him, um, and he's he's had five minutes here or there. So yeah, but I, th- I think he's going to be a good player for Celtic, and I I uh, hope to see more of him. Um, one possession, Jim, that that we don't often talk about rotating for for various reasons is the goalkeeper position. Um, you touched on it earlier with the the goal away against Leipzig that that Joe Hart had a huge hand in, in conceding. There have been question marks over whether it would be time to to consider Segrist as an alternative option. Is he somebody you think, would you give him game time over the next few weeks as well? Or is it a case of the goalkeeper's a bit of a a, a separate situation and and keep him in goal as much as you can? Play best team. Uh, Motherwell next Wednesday, that's uh, Segrist's game. He'll come in for that, I'd imagine. Uh, If the Bernabeu turns out to be a dead rubber, then... he plays in that game. Always play your best team. I mean, I think I think Joe Hart's been unfairly maligned. It was a daft mistake he made uh, in Leipzig last week. Uh, why put the ball in the centre rather than put the wing? Don't know. Was it his fault for the goal against Motherwell? Yeah, don't know. But apart from that, I mean, in the Leipzig game, first game, he did a number of really, really good saves. Uh, St. Johnson last week, you know, the big chance they had, big chap puts onto the post. Always play your best team, Laura, and Joe Hart's part of the best team, so he definitely play Joe Hart. In the league, in the League Cup, as I said, I'm personally, in my opinion, not that first about the League Cup, and that's where you give guys like uh, Seagrass a game. Yeah, uh, I'm certain we will see him in the League Cup, um, possibly. Fingers crossed, no injuries to Joe Hart, and we won't see too much uh, of Seagrass in the in the more important games. Um, Alan, I guess the, the only other thing that I wanted to discuss today is you know, between now and the the end of the the end of the season, or, or the end of this particular run up to the World Cup, I should say, is um, I heard somebody mention the other day, and I have no reason to to believe this is true or not, but it was an interesting thing nonetheless. Um, the talk about um, maybe leaning more heavily on sports science to dictate how we use the players that we've got. You know, bringing players off at. at apparently arbitrary moments in matches um, just because they've played a certain number of minutes in a certain number of days and that kind of thing. Is that something that you would be encouraged to see getting used a little bit more often, especially as the games are so tightly packed together? 
Absolutely, any doubt at all. Um, I, you know, I'd be astonished and hugely disappointed if we're not monitoring, you know, physiological data as the game's actually going on. I mean, they wear these vest, vests. I presume that's part of the reason for it. I mean, you have to do that. Um, you know, the, the best way to approach, you know, injury is to, is to be preventative and to understand what the what are the triggers uh, and the and the warning signs of a player. You know, but anyway, a, a guy I know that plays rugby to a very high level. Those people in Scotland uh, set up, they know that, um, for example, and I, talk, yeah, I talked about recovery runs. So it's, uh, one of the things I had in my mind is that they know that players have only got so many 50 yard sprints in them in a game. And if your full back is bombed up the, up the line 10 times, whatever, you could be pretty sure he's, he's not, he hasn't got any left. And therefore, it's, it's just that's a very simple, simple example. But um, you know, you're looking at not just because you, 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 you're actually looking at not just the number of um, sprints, you're looking at the intensity of the sprint, the distance covered, the speed, right? And that can give you a lot of data in terms of you know what, how much of your finite energy have you used up. And you know from monitoring during training, you you, you can see what the, you know what the signs are for um, decreasing you know performance. So, for example, we could all see on Tuesday night that Hitate was struggling around the 60-minute mark, right? You know, he was getting caught in possession. He just wasn't reacting quickly enough. He was getting overpowered. He was getting, he was turning the ball over. And and, they, and, they, and he got subbed out on 65 minutes, which is the right decision. Um, that's probably from the eye test. But hopefully there was some data behind that as well. So absolutely, you have to. And to me, we should be doing more uh, to, you know, prevent injuries. I mean, I, I, I think it was pretty shocking, really. Like Players like, to me, last season, Turnbull and Kyogo were overplayed. There must have been warning signs in the data that these guys were, were just being used too much. And sure enough, they both succumbed to very serious injuries that put them out for months and months at a time. Um, I believe that... Uh, a couple of years ago, the, our plucky neighbours across the city, um, it, 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 they, they took on something. I think it's called Zone 7. I might have that name wrong, so apologies to anybody who's watching who works for the company. It, it, soft, it's software and capabilities that allow you to kind of monitor this sort of thing. I, I'd, I'd be really hoping that Celtic um, are investing in something similar or have done. Um, you know, I think Ange is very much imbued in the city group philosophy in terms of, you know, you're stressing every kind of marginal gain that you can get and that sports science and technology should be a cornerstone of everything that we do. And, you know, you'd be astonished if I said anything different. Yeah, I think they took Zone 7 a little bit too literally the other night. So we won't <laughs> go there. Um, uh, Jim, I, I, the, the question I was going to ask you on the back of that, that, that Alan was talking about there, the use of sports science and that kind of thing. Another conversation I was having with the people I was watching the game with on Tuesday night was somewhat of the belief that this we never stop mentality, while it makes a great slogan and we love to hear it and, and it's an idealistic way to play football, some that I was t- talking to believed that Ange expects a little bit too much physically of these players and that's why, especially in games against the likes of Leipzig, we can hold out for the majority of the game and then drop off because we are seemingly physically exhausted. Do you think that's something he's maybe learned that he needs to change or is this Ange we're talking about he's not going to do that? I think this is more of Alan's area, his expertise. What I found interesting last Saturday is he took off Hatati and he was running the show. Mm. And I'm thinking, why is he taking Hatati off? Because he's, he's the one guy that, that, that was going to do something in the game. Was that down to what Alan just said there about, well, he's done a certain number of minutes and that's all we get out of him. When you're playing so well and you're the main guy in the team, do, do you still take him off even though 
you think beforehand you should do X minutes. Is that what you do, Alan? Is that how it works? I, I, I don't think it's a simple equation of you've played 65 minutes and therefore I'm taking you off. I think it's... Unless... I mean, you, you might do that on occasion, for example, where you know that a player really, you want to risk them, you know, for more than 20 minutes in the game. So that's all the maximum I'm going to give you sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just struggling to remember now that game really um, in terms of uh, why. The, I don't, I, it didn't, it didn't. It didn't resonate with me when we took Katati off in the sense that it didn't strike me as being as, me as being an, a particularly unusual uh, sort of move. But I guess it's it's more to do with for me, you know, you, you might you might play sixty five minutes and, and made ten sprints and ten recovery runs, or you might play sixty five minutes and made three, <laughs> and in which case you know you should be able to kind of carry on for the next twenty five minutes. So I mean, you, have to, you need to look at a range of. Things I would imagine. And, uh, I think there's been some games, certainly mm. this season, where he's taken off players. Do you thought that's a bit odd? Because mm. they're playing so well, and it's whether it's down to that sports science thing that says, are they actually monitoring in game by saying he's done X, so therefore it's time for him to come off? It just it's a an inter- <laughs> the kind of the kind of eye test is like he's my best player. Keep him on. Why yeah. are you taking mm. him off? And also the big man tends to do go with this eight, three subs, and I thought that kind of slightly disrupted things the other night. So you know that's a bit of a thing. It, it was it was the right decision because all three of those players. I mean, I noticed at the same time as as Hatati was, you know, his energy drained. Haksabanovic just has had as well. So I thought I thought it was the right call at the right time the other night. I've not I have been critical of Postecoglou and his substitutions. I think it's the one area that in game that he he doesn't always get right. It's not it's not an exact science, uh, you know, but it probably should be when it comes to players' injury. So another example from St. Johnson game was that Yota was clearly struggling from about 30 minutes in the first half, I think it was. And it was obvious because, to me, watching it, because every time he got the ball, he just turned back and gave it back again. He never once ran with it. He never once tried to take his... That's completely unlike Jota, because Jota always tries to be aggressive, always tries to get forward. And it was obvious to me, after 30 minutes, there was something badly wrong with him and he couldn't function as effectively. And also that was at the point in the game where we pretty much stopped creating anything. I know we scored on 43 minutes, but we actually didn't have a shot in the game after the 19th minute till, till half time. We didn't have a single shot, right? And part of that was that you know, Jota was completely kind of uh, neutered. To me, mm-hmm. I'd have taken off on 30 minutes because it would just mm-hmm. he's, he's so important to the team. And if there was no outlet there, so I, I think uh, if we are using science, it's 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 not all the time, <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. the, the eye test is still dominant, and we're not making those judgments quite perfectly. And mm-hmm. I don't suspect anyone ever does, but it's certainly an area for improvement. Because alongside we never stop, is also the slogan, you know, we're never comfortable, and and those and those two things kind of go together. So you said, are you pushing the players beyond what they're capable of? That almost is part of Angie's philosophy, in that. He mm. wants you to move outside your comfort zone, not just mentally in terms of how good am I as a player, but physically in terms of what am I capable of. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how it affects the team the rest of the the, the run into the World Cup anyway, and and hopefully we can see see them get more positive results than negative ones out the next few weeks, starting with Hibs this weekend. Um, we will see what happens. We'll be here, as always, with the game coverage for you here on Axom. Um, thank you to Jim, to to, uh, to to Jim and to Alan and to everybody watching in the comments. Uh, it was really appreciated, and we'll see you this weekend.
Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.